and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Toyfin, joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, how's the med this week? Are you guys nice and warm? Uh, we are nice and warm, and can I just get this uh, out of my system? We are completely over Vision Pro, or Apple Vision Pro, Vision Apple Pro, Pro Apple Vision. Honestly, anyone, stop it. How are you, Justin? I'm about the same. We were having a little chat before we started, and I was commenting that even the tech podcasts that I listen to that are raving on it, I got kind of bored of it and started just deleting those. It's been one of those weeks. Um, yeah, if you're into that kind of stuff, um, people out driving around with their these things strapped to their face, it's a status symbol at this point. Oof. <laughs> How's your arm? Uh, my arm is great. Yeah, it's. Um, I've had no no issues, no sort of healing issues. Uh, so everything has gone all right. I'm pretty much, I think, done. It's just a little bit itchy. So just the last little bits of flaky stuff. That's, I'm not leaving ink anywhere to uh, Mrs. L's great, great relief. There's no sort of little black bits turning up. So all good. It's, um, as always with the tattoo, as they settle, they just look so much better. It's, uh, yeah, love it. Very pleased. That's good. I'm just imagining you leaving little bits of black around and I'm back to mm -hmm. yeah, Syracuse's well, toe again. Oh, no, no, no. Not quite that bad, I have to say. But yeah, I, we could talk about my toe. I mean, I've got, I lost a nail recently. So, you know, I've got all the, the Syracuse-esque chat. No, 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 no. No, I'll take that as a no then. <laughs> I was about to say, at least you haven't sent me pictures, which is what John seems to like to do about his toes. But uh, yeah, we don't want to go there, Stu. Mm. Uh, let's talk about tools of the week. What have you got? Uh, well, I mean, my negative one was, was a question really to the world. Uh, one password. I used to find one password really useful, really quite easy to use. And um, you know, let's put aside the oh subscription app, oh um, uh, no longer a native app, and all of that sort of uh, controversy. It just doesn't seem to work as well for me now. So I keep finding myself logging into things or going to a place where I've got a login, and it used to sort of you know chirp up and say, "Oh, I know, I know the secret password here." Now it doesn't. I have to then open it up on my um, menu bar. Uh, then it asked me to, you know, uh, touch ID or do, do some such nonsense to open the thing. And then, uh, you know, copy and paste it. It just seems much worse. Is it just me, dear listener? If you're a one password user, um, and has it got worse for you too? Or even Justin, I'm sure you, you use it. Has it got worse for you? No, but I'm behind. Uh, so I stayed on one password seven. Okay. Uh, and avoided the eight upgrade as it's an Electron app which is mm. non-Mac native for those people that uh, may not know that terminology. Basically, it's a general web app that can run on Windows. It can run on Mac. It can run on your iPhone. They use the same core mm. functionality. Sure. Um, and I looked at that and went, that's not a good idea. The Mac is a very particular operating system and it changes regularly. If you're not developing for the Mac, uh, I'm staying with something that is tried and tested. The other thing that uh, I am still not at, because we're not six months in, is I have not upgraded any of my machines to Sonoma. Uh, I'm still on the last version of the Mac OS, mostly because I do a lot of audio and video work. And generally, as soon as you upgrade things, Apple tends to break some of the really good stuff that works on my machine at the moment. So I usually wait about six months before I think things are probably good enough that you can upgrade. So I'm, I'm historical working on this probably the way that you were a year ago, year and a half ago. So that's me. Mm. Maybe it's that. I mean, maybe the operating system is just moving away from the, the, the app. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It's just, it's curious. The other thing I would say is that our corporate uses LastPass. Uh, and even if you think one password has gone to heck, uh, LastPass, well, it's even more crap, let's be honest. <laughs> I, I do have a story on LastPass. I tried it a couple of years ago. 
Um, and I think it was probably when I was um, experimenting with being cross-platform um, and I, I had to go onto Windows and everything. And um, I don't know how it turned up. LastPass probably turned up in the Microsoft App Store. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll try this. And literally within days, they got a massive hack. I thought, okay, I'm running away now. I'm going away quickly back to 1Password. And I've, I've not looked at it since. Yeah, you're not missing much. Just the functionality of it is not great. It's um, really webby. Mm. Uh, you feel like you're, you know, everything's driving you to a website rather than app-based. And it just feels so much less secure, which uh, given their history over the last few years, it's my work stuff, you know, uh, I'm not as worried about it technically as uh, as my personal stuff because well, personal stuff is where you keep all your personal stuff that you don't want on the interwebs. Um, so yeah, that's just me. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, I would recommend downgrading and uh, staying on last year's macOS system and on one password seven. But you may have been too late for that, Stu. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that nonsense, for heaven's sake. I'm just going to rail at them and tell them to get themselves sorted out. I shall strongly worded letter on its way, or probably email in this case. Isn't so, that why you have... I say, chaps, pull yourselves together. Isn't that why you have Twitter or X platform or whatever it's called now? <laughs> uh, well, in, in fairness, I've just abandoned um, Twitter stroke X, but I dare say we'll get to that later. Um, I mean, one, one thing about 1Password is is one of the few things I've got the current Mrs. Lennon to adopt. Um, so to turn around to her and say, actually, we're not using that anymore. Um, I've been the family. But I think that's going to go badly for me. So I'm probably stuck where I am, but uh, I am going to have a little look around and see if there's something I can do to sort of smooth out the experience. Yeah. Like you, I've got a lot of buy-in because I'm also on the family plan. The family plan. Uh, so yes, trying to get change on technology Oh, you know, there are some things worth throwing a little bit more money at to avoid that question. For sure, for sure. But anyway, come on, tell me something positive. What was your tool of the week? Solitude. Oh. I I went out for a night in the woods. Uh, campfire, snow, some time alone with my thoughts. Believe it or not, Stu, I slept for almost 12 hours, mm. which for me is pretty much unheard of. Um, I would have loved to have stayed longer. Um and then that wonderful bliss that you have when you're out in the woods on your own. I got home and my wife was home and she wanted to catch up on our time apart. Silence, peace, boof, gone. <laughs> yeah, it was ruined within about 10 minutes of me walking in the front door. Yeah. Oh, but I love my wife. It was great to see her as well. That's the right words, right? Uh, no, no, it's absolutely true. It's just, you know differing expectations i mean i have something very similar when i come back from camino um uh i mean we're not silent on camino far from it but it's just that i suppose my mind refocuses i'm, I'm only concerned with you know the next day where i'm walking to um where my food is going to come from where my drink is going to come from uh, where we're going to sleep I, nothing else matters it just becomes so straightforward <laughs> and then when i return i get to hear about you know what miss jones said and what mr smith did and uh you know just all of that sort of uh detail of of doing air quotes here normal life it, it just sort of rains on you like little arrows of stress doesn't it it's a, i i know where you're coming from it's perfectly natural it's perfectly lovely but it is nice to get a break from it every now and again yeah, I was out on my own. I didn't even take Coco. Uh, so it was just me, quiet time. Um, it was absolutely lovely. Uh, the only thing I wish we had was a little more clear sky so I could have seen the night, the night uh, stars. It was pretty cloudy. And when you're that far out in the woods, basically it is pitch black at, you know, 5 o'clock, 5.30, something like that nowadays. Uh, so as a lot of time with your thoughts played some cards I, I did some journaling i read a book i mean Stu, it was just wonderful and it was silent completely silent we found out apple vision pro for you <laughs> you're just going to use it to sort of what do they call it sensory deprivation tool 
you're just going to put a nice big starry sky background on there. Um, look through to your, your notebook, write your notes, journal, uh, all without leaving the house or indeed the central heating. Perfect. There we are. I, I assume you'll you'll be driving down to the States at the weekend to buy one. Yeah, I can. <laughs> that, that'd be great for about two hours until the battery runs out. Then you're screwed, my friend. So, yeah, you, if you don't leave home, you're just close to an outlet. It's fine. Just plug in. <laughs> the, the whole point of me going out is to get away from home, but that's all good. Anyway, so if you can't, get some solitude. And uh, just be warned that when you come into the house, you may um, lose that very quickly. <laughs> what are you writing with this week anything uh, new and exciting did your new pen come in uh, the new pelican is is arriving tomorrow um well oh cult pens they let you down no no i can't blame cult pens for that uh there's <laughs> they use um a a well-known international um carrier called dhl there we go i was thinking about not naming them i thought well why wouldn't i um and DHL, in line with all the international carriers here, deliver about 80 yards from their door, no further. So um, unless you're sort of in one of the cities, then these guys don't deliver to you. They just sort of call you and say, come and pick it up. And for a while, I sort of railed against this. And then I realized that actually um, it's much more convenient. It means I don't have to hang around at home. Um, But enough people have railed that what happens now is that all the international firms subcontract to the local firms. And so my pen arrived pretty much a week ago um, to down the road from me, literally a 10 minute drive uh, to DHL. And they immediately gave it to a local courier who sent out a thing saying, well, we'll deliver it to you next Friday. Could you not have given me the option? And I could have then said, no, it's okay. I'll come down and pick it up. So in an effort to, I suspect, supposed to satisfy their franchise agreement terms uh they've made it all worse but hey uh it will arrive tomorrow so um that could be my distraction for tomorrow um i've been playing today with my um waterman karen um in gunmetal uh with uh obviously mont blanc uh my royal blue mont blanc ink uh i inked this up because i fancied another pen to be honest that's what i really wanted um can't say i've ever done that Stu. <laughs> um if 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 you're interested in in this pen have a look at the um link in show notes which is actually the review of my pen the actual pen uh because i bought this from matt armstrong um who does the review um pen habit uh and it's well it's it's a lovely pen it's it's got its quirks. Um, it's a, an unusual design. It's got one of those sort of inbuilt inlaid nibs, which is quite funky. Uh, it's right up the stew sort of alleyway nib wise in, insofar as it's, um, it's quite thick. It's a, it's a big medium a pelican esque sort of medium. Um, but it's a nice pen. It's lovely. So I'm using that alongside everything that I was using last week. So the big pelican, uh, the the sailor, which is full of you know bright orange ink, so it doesn't get used quite as much as the others. Um, and then yes, tomorrow I shall add another pelican. I'll have to get a bigger pen holder out for the desk. But fear not, I've got lots to choose from. This is good. This is good. I am likewise kind of boring that uh, I'm still writing with all the same stuff as last week. Uh, the Visconti Homo Sapiens. Oh, I did change the ink on that one. Um, do you remember last week I was talking about how the Diamine Chocolate Brown was a little dry? Hmm. Uh, life is too short for crappy ink. Uh, that ink, sure. it's a lovely ink, just did not work in that pen. So out it came and then went some Mont Blanc Toffee Brown. Okay. So that is one change I made. Uh, the Memento Zero Grande, uh, that's still there with my Cassie Black. Uh, from Platinum, the 3776 with the purple Krishna ink, see in Storm, and, well, you'll hear about this forever. The Twisby, still going on, the 580 with my Ink Vent ink. Lovely inks, but, uh, yeah, I'm getting a bit tired of it. Just so much of that. <laughs> yes. So much ink in that Twisby. I was, I was actually looking, I was holding up to the light yesterday, Stu, going... 
Has anything ever changed? Is it, has it gone down a little bit? I think it's gone down probably about a third, but the problem is that, uh, Inkvent Inc, the best wishes and closing thoughts is both a sheening and a shimmering ink, uh, which now that I think about it means I am going to have a heck of a time trying to clean this thing out because, well, it coats aside like treacle. Um, and you can't even tell where the ink level is. It's that thick. So, um, yeah, at some point this will have to be cleaned out, but, uh, I'll deal with that bridge in a year or two when I come to it. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I don't use any, um, of those inks. I don't think I've ever put any of those inks into a, a sort of a big fountain, but a, a posh fountain, but. I've sort of had a little play with one or two and then gone, no, not sure. I should maybe look into that a bit. Who knows? They're fun. They're pretty on the page. Um, that, that green ink is just fantastic. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, cleaning it is probably going to be a nightmare, but that's okay. It's what we do. <laughs> All right, Stu, wanted to talk about uh, this journey that I've been going on for the last 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, I've been going through the... Apple Pro. No. Not the Vision Pro, sorry. No, that's just my podcast feed for the last 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, taking Time Out for Self-Discovery, a book by Eileen Segaloff, I think is how you pronounce that. It's a slightly older book. It's a hardcover journal. It has a page of questions, and then it has space for you to write if you hate stationery. Um, this is a place to write it. The book is, well, it's probably a, I don't know, 15-year-old hardcover that is written on paper that I'd be, I'd be a little nervous to even throw a ballpoint on it, Stu. Um, it's pretty textured. It's, uh, so I, of course, am writing in something nice. But uh, Stu and I thought we'd talk about this a little bit, talk about the journey, see if it's something that anybody else might be interested in. Uh, this book was actually recommended to us by a listener. And I thought, you know what? It sounds like a good thing to start the new year on. And so I did January 1st, did 40 days of thinking about life a little bit. Um, so this book is a guide to journal for 40 days, which means questions, and you write the answers to them in your journal. The book is based on the idea that 40 is a recurring number in the Bible. Jesus went into the woods, apparently, with this book. Uh, in yoga, Buddha also went into meditation with the same book for 40 days, etc. You get the idea? Um, everything comes down to 40. So that's the magical number that you will come back and change the world, write a book, sell billions of copies, and uh, have a religion named after me. It's not quite working out that way for me just yet, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, the book itself starts by choosing an intention uh, and it does give you some ideas. Some of them are, you know, simpler than others. Uh, some of them are more in depth. Uh, there's a couple of pages on the process to go through there. Uh, mine was to determine the direction of my life because, you know, it's a good time to go through and start of a new year and say, what are you doing with life? Mm -hmm. You never do that, Stu, do you? <laughs> I never stop. That's <laughs> very much my problem, I think. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, the layout of the book, it's broken down into four thematic sections. Mm -hmm. Each one is 10 days. First section, setting out of the everyday. The second one, getting lost and liking it. Third, getting found and waking up. And fourth, the final one, endings and new beginnings. 10 days is a weird timing for a section. Hmm. I started this on the weekend when I had some time to sort of think about it and do all the pre-reading and you know, it just so happened that kind of was the way that uh, the 1st of January worked. As you come to the end of each section and you want to look back on it, you're now in midweek. Uh, and midweek mm -hmm. provides a whole lot less time for one to go back and think about what you've done. Um, so I kind of felt rushed through that. And 
felt that it was not quite as good. And I didn't really see the hard transitions. You know, the questions kind of seemed similar uh, throughout the sections. But, uh, you know, I, again, that could just be I had not prepared myself really for these 10 days of thinking that I need to spend an extra hour going back, reading through what I'd written and looking for, you know, what my setting out was going to be or what my getting found and waking up was. Um, didn't quite resonate with me, uh, but, uh, you know, everybody to their own. Hmm. The goals of the book. Enhance your ability to focus and work through uncertainty. Okay. To encourage you to slow down and listen. To allow you to practice self-acceptance and trust. Mm -hmm. To help you to help you break out of patterns and activate new possibilities to open up your imagination and to show you how, and to show how to take what you learn into the rest of life. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, there's some big goals there. <laughs> it's a lot for, well, that's why I was excited to try this. A lot of work for a little book. Yeah. And it says it's going to do this in uh, well, it says schedule five to 15 minutes a day. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. Um, we won't, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about my, my experience on that five to 15 minutes a day. Uh, good luck on that. Um, the format I've, I've kind of wanted to go through that a little bit, just in case anybody's interested. Each day has a daily page. This has a, a thought and activity has two questions and a reflection on today. Um, so I, I've posted one of the days that I just went through into the show notes for Stu to look at. Day 36 is called Look to Nature. There's a thought, nature illustrates impermanence in infinite ways. What happens to a shooting star, bubbles in a stream, morning dew or lightning. Now you see them, now you don't. Um, and I think this is one of those things that you could think about and meditate on and, you know, really understand where they're trying to come. I, I don't see any problem in that. The activity, this was actually a good activity. Uh, lick your index finger, gently stroke it across your forehead between your eyebrows. Uh, assuming that you have two distinct ones and not a unibrow that you have to pluck like that. <laughs> Close your eyes, wait a moment, then notice how the moisture feels as it's absorbed into the air. Water is literally evaporating into air. Melt into this sensation and experience something elemental, something that is completely out of your control. Unless you're in British Columbia, in which case it just freezes. <laughs> exactly. Did you try that, Stu, while we were talking about it? Have you tried this? <laughs> uh, no, but it's on my to-do list. Uh, what can I say, Just It's actually, uh, it's, it's a very good sensual sent you i'm not sure that's the right word mm. um it you, it's it's for your senses yeah yeah i mean it might be the right word uh but it's kind of good to have you think and have you get into a little bit of personal reflection this was a very good activity when you're writing this in the morning some of these are much harder to do mm. uh there's another thought uh, talking about kangaroos you can go read that if you like um, and the journal prompts, the three of the, the, the three of them today, what simple natural wonders from ice melting to flowers blooming amaze you. Okay. List the most dramatic natural wonders you've experienced from blazing sunsets to blasting hurricanes and then reflect on today. Wow. Okay. So that's kind of a general idea. Uh, my thoughts of, on this, um, I think most of the failings on this book are my own. I'm just not good at other people's questions. Um, I didn't get any great breakthroughs. At none of these questions wondering about simple natural wonders moved my world, changed my paradigm or any of those cool things that they would go. What I did find though, was that there were some recurring themes that came up as I was answering these questions. Okay. Um, and I thought that was, Judith suggested that would happen with an email she followed up with a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And I, I spent some time looking through and saying, yeah, that's kind of where I, where I came to, uh, the sections, um, the example above look to nature, 
that falls into the sections endings and new beginnings. Mm -hmm. You know, coming back to these 10 day sections that I talked about, not sure I really see the correlation there. Oh, nat nature's all, yeah, it's all new beginnings and endings, isn't it? Seasons and things living and dying, the circle of life and big lions on a rock and all that jazz. That's, that's what that's all about. Well, it is, but I'm looking at this from a personal development point of view. Mm, nature's sure. beautiful. I mean, I, I'm out in nature whenever I can be, yeah. but I'm not sure how looking at nature which is a very reflective part is helping me see a new beginning to my intention in life. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Hmm. Sure. Sure. I mean, again, was it ever going <laughs> to, but yeah, I take your point. I, again, I, this is why you looking for themes and not, not breakthroughs Yeah, because you're probably not going to get a breakthrough from something as simple as looking at nature been out in nature looking at nature you might get a breakthrough or some peace and quiet until you get home <laughs> uh inside a book on your journal at a desk at home yeah maybe not um timing i want to talk about timing mm -hmm. the book suggests five to 15 minutes sure i i perhaps spent way too long thinking about and answering these questions um I approached this with the idea that I was hoping to get something strong out of this. My intention was pretty deep. It wasn't just a, why can't I lose a few more pounds around my waist? It was pretty deep. Um, and a quick checklist answer extemporaneously wasn't really going to do anything more than add confirmation bias to my own thinking. I already know what my thoughts are writing those down without really thinking about those questions and coming up with a meaningful answer, not the one that's on the tip of my tongue that Stu and I talk about every week, but the one that's mm. behind there. It's sure. in the back of my mind. Let's tease those out because I think that's where the value for me of going through this exercise is. Otherwise it just becomes a, mm -hmm. a taskless checkoff. Yeah. Uh, I found I was spending about, 30 to 45 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day, most days on the questions and the reflection on the day. What do you think of my approach to that, Stu? Um, Deeper thinking or the five to 15? What would, what would you have done? Well, I think inevitably I would have done, uh, as you did, I would have done, um, sort of the deeper dive. I mean, it's fair to say that you've been meditating um, shall we say at, at quite an elevated level um, for quite a long time. So, um, you know, I think this book is is aimed probably at people who haven't had that sort of depth of experience, and is you know perhaps sending them down a road that you've maybe travelled already. So, for you to get anything out of it, I, I'd imagine you would need to go that little bit further and that little bit deeper. Um, because I, you know, I, I find exactly that. I, there are times I find, oh, I can turn on my meditation app now while I'm doing this. And I go, hang on, <laughs> that's not the point. Um, and it's that whole sort of checklist mentality is, is, is so easy to fall into. So, okay, I can have my breakfast and meditate at the same time. That'll save me time. So, no, you're really not, <laughs> you're really not doing this. Think about it. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I suppose the the acid test is, you know, do you feel having had those 30 to 45 minutes each day that they have brought you some fruit? I feel like the investment in time was for me, the best way to go through this process, look back on it and say, here's the themes and the themes are real if that makes any sense. They are, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm saying I've done my best effort. I've done some deep thinking about it. And even if I didn't necessarily come out with my intention fulfilled, uh, the themes are the deep down things. I'm not just answering a question and not dealing with any of the, the stuff that's in the background that that's underlying my thought process. You know, this isn't just a, what do I have to do today? This is really a reflection on where I am at that moment. Um, and if I'm going to go through this for 40 days, I really want to do the best that I can. Otherwise there's no value 
in my my opinion coming to this there's very little value in what i do unless i do my best and deepest work on it mm -hmm. Ooh, that sounds that sounds like a, a show title there best and deepest work there's a self-help book coming out anytime now twyford's guide to something rather to not coming, not fulfilling your intention. But anyway, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, the introduction of this book also says that it can be done at any time. I've done this again, mostly because uh, my days are like most people's busy. Some days I have early morning meetings, some days I don't. So I did this, I, I managed to check off each day, but I found that morning worked best for me. The reflection questions, I could do morning or evening, do those any times, but looking at that question they asked today and setting a direction for today, mm. uh, I thought really had value to it. That was the part that I thought was the most value. Mm -hmm. You know, some days when we're talking about nature, it felt like a bit of a to-do item for me, but uh, you know, there are there are certain days, particularly when I got some good questions and I really thought about what my intentions for the day were yep. that really, really worked for me. So what I was trying to do, I was trying to write in the morning. I was using my happy light, uh, which is one of those sad lights that I have. Mm -hmm. It's particularly dark here in the morning. Um, it's getting a little bit lighter now. It's just, just about uh, dawn at the moment. And what time is it here? 7.40 AM. Mm -hmm. Um, so I sit in the morning when I get up, I've got the, the light on, I've got a nice paper journal. I'm using an MD paper with a selection of fountain pens that, as you heard me talk about earlier, I switch one of those out every day to really enjoy the process. Uh, I found the activities were awkward. Um, the activities section, if you're like me, I go in a format. If I'm committing to something, I'm going to go in steps. The activities became before the questions. Okay. And the activities often required a go out and do this, go into town and observe that, or, uh, you know, mm. walk out of your house and observe that, which doesn't do a lot for me unless I'm looking at a deer. Um, there were a lot of things that required to be around people. They were, you know, um, things that when it's dark and minus 26 in the morning, <laughs> one is not going outside to look at the stars. I don't care how good it is for my mental health. Uh, a, I would probably wake up Mrs. T and that is not something I want to do at that time in the morning when she's not working. Um, and it just, it, it, it was kind of an awkward thing because once you skip the activity to go to the questions, it's surprisingly hard to go back and do the activity. Sure. I've, I've moved on with them. I, it, it's unachievable at the moment. Let me move on to the next thing. So I think, you know, if they had written the chapter differently, do your reflection first and then do your activity. I get the whole activity thing, but if you're doing this in the morning, it's a little awkward. Uh, and I found that I didn't do a lot of the activities much to perhaps my, uh, detriment on this process. If you skip it, you're not quite doing things the way that you hmm. would like to be. But I find that if you're working and you're trying to do this for 40 days, uh, the activities really would become a to-do list item. Sure. And I think when you're not going to be reflecting any longer afterwards, you're going to lose some of the value of it. You need to, if you're going to do this activity, you almost need to have a moment to reflect on the activity. So, you know, um, licking my forehead, that worked well. I could do that one. And I did. Um, and that was fine. And I, I had some, some good thoughts when I was going through that. But some of the other ones were challenging for me. Maybe they become, um, as you say, to-do list items and, you know, context sensitive sort of things that sit in your OmniFocus where, oh, I'm, I'm going to be in a coffee shop because I want to, maybe I can do this little exercise, a little link through to the exercise, um, you know, as an ongoing for the future thing. Because I agree with you. Um, I use um, Noom, just the uh, sort of, it's a dieting type app where 
Um, you count your calories, so you're getting all the benefit of, of logging your food. Um, but also you read um, some fairly sort of bog standard self-help psychology type stuff. Um, and again, they'll do things like that. They'll sort of say, oh, and, you know, maybe you can go and do this. I'm thinking, well, not really. It's 10 past five in the morning. Um, my wife's in bed. I've got to feed the dogs and, you know, I've got a million and one things to do. I can't do this right now. Uh, and as you say, it's tough then to go back to it. Um, but maybe something like this, an activity which is, shall we say, unusual or different um, that you've identified might might be useful, then perhaps that is worth carrying forward as a sort of, not as a, you know, a huge project, but as little things, okay, well, next time I am in town, let me observe this or observe that or, you know, whatever, whatever the prompt was. I could see that that might appeal to me, but it sounds like to you, it's, it's like, oh, you know, managing this is becoming difficult now. Yeah, I think if that was in an app and it was easy to capture, um, mm. I might be more tempted to do that. Sure. Um, I just, you know, the reality is that uh, I live a, a pretty remote life and uh, I don't go into town very often. And, you know, during the day, I don't do these things. If I'm going for a walk, which, uh, you know, when it's minus cold, uh, you tend not to go for the long walks as often. Sure. Even the dog doesn't want to go for them. You know, five minutes outside and she's uh, scratching at the door to come back in. So, you know, at, at this point, if it was in the summer when I was out and more active, I think that would have been much easier. But uh, again, things that it comes back to me, right? This is the failings of this are all my own. Just more pointing it out. You know, if you're coming into this, give you some, uh, some thoughts on there. As I said, uh, for the results section... The look back reflection questions didn't often resonate with me. Mm -hmm. uh, I did go through them. I put all the effort into it. I went as deep as I could do. I put my trust in the process. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't like I was just dismissing them. I just found that they were often, they, they were answers to things that didn't provide any more insight to my own psyche. Uh, I did find that morning journaling and as I mentioned before, setting intention for today was really helpful to me. Yeah. And unfortunately has me thinking about Stu's William Hannah planner again, <laughs> because I know that's part of it. And I just don't want to spend that much money at the moment, but I'm seriously considering it for the fact that it is, it is setting the intention. Um, yeah, I, that is, I think that question today dot, dot, dot is the biggest takeaway that I might have from, from this book okay. is plan the day in the morning, set an intention for today, um, rather than a to-do list for today, an intention different in my mind. And I think that would, would be of value. I, William Hanna, that's what you do, right, Stu? Oh, well, I mean, you could just write an intention in in an MD notebook. That would be fine as well. Sorry, sorry, David. Um, I think what I find most uh, is there's a kind of double whammy with the way that um, the William Hanna's pages are set up in that the last thing you write um, at your sort of close down, shut down, um, is a thought for tomorrow. Uh, and then the last thing that you write of the morning section of the pages is um, your your intention for the day. So you you sort of prime yourself the night before, which I think is really powerful because that sort of kind of gets your subconscious working on stuff. Um, and it's, you know, those things that you've spoken about there, that sort of, you know, ability to reflect. Um, I think some of that happens consciously and some of it happens subconsciously. And, the, the way I'm at the end of my day, I'm writing something that goes and, you know, a thought for tomorrow. It might be something as prosaic as, um, you know, I need to get a newsletter done. That might be um, just me sort of priming myself to, to avoid busy work um, and do work that, uh, I hate the phrase, but, you know, moves the needle, <laughs> actually has an impact. Um, that could be, I think, really useful and sort of, you know, doubles down on that intention part. Um, 
the the drawback of of something like uh, the William Hanna pages is that they are the same for each day, and so you reach the uh, the point where you're going, you know, what am I grateful for today? You know, can I think of something to be grateful for that? And you know, I sit there going, hang on, am I just spending time and energy now trying to think of something I could be grateful for that I haven't written down for the last week? How is that helping me? Um, so. You know, I think there are pluses and minuses to the the, the variety and and all the consistency. Um, and as you said, you you can just write it in a notebook. You don't need a William Hanna, but um, they are very nice. They look very nice as a leather <laughs> one with uh, mm-hmm. orange interior that just right up my alley. That's it. That's the thing about it. you get these wonderful color um, combinations, and you can design your own. You know, you can. You can choose your inside and your outside to to match your your taste exactly. I mean, let's face it, we are stationary nerds at the end of the day, Stu. <laughs> as, as the pen addict would have you say, there are worse things to be addicted to. This is true. This is true. All right, back to this. Uh, yes, intentions. I mm. think I'm going to probably do something with that. I'm not sure what I will do. I'll probably go into the checkout of William Hanner again. And then I'll go to my foreign exchange website and I'll plug it in and I'll go, how much Canadian? Uh, but uh, th- this is a process that I've done several times. Um, and surprisingly enough, it doesn't change that much, Stu. It's not like uh, the exchange rate suddenly gets any better. I can reveal that, that David of William and Hannah does uh, monitor his website. So he's actually sitting there. He's got a little white cat on his lap. Uh, and he's he's watching your web movements. He's got tracking pixels, obviously, and he's just chuckling to himself. He knows that he's gradually just just winding you, and he's just going to reel you in slowly, slowly. Slight move in the exchange rate, little nudge from Stu, boof, you'll be over the line. My commission will come flooding through. I mean, it'll, it'll all be fantastic. Mm. I, none of that, by the way, is true, but it was an interesting little little tangent. No, it's Mark Zuckerberg that's sitting there looking at the tracking pixels on the web. <laughs> or no it'll be one of mark zuckerberg's clones uh, one of his many anyway we won't get into the semantics of does many <laughs> become one um you know they're interchangeable yeah. right they're um what was that uh, show on apple tv uh the sci-fi one that was all about the clones and the same people had just cloned themselves for years and years and empire empire that was it there was only one aha moment that i really felt throughout this whole thing Uh, that was a question that gave me an answer that i hadn't expected that was the value of digging deep and you know i I don't even remember what it was it's it's got a big star beside it in my journal um i i think that is the value of if you're going to do this rather just trying to get through in five to 15 minutes taking that time Mm. uh i did gather some recurring themes from okay. the questions, which was interesting. I kind of went through and tried to break them down. Themes themes of what? What do you mean themes? Well, themes in my life are themes of okay. uh, things that come through. I'll, I'll break them down. All right. Consistency, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, my life um, is very consistent despite having all kinds of different parts to it that don't, as Stu says, seem to make a lot of sense together. Music, speed, motorcycles and um, automobiles, uh, technology, creativity, building art, that kind of stuff, religion and spirituality, writing, uh, independence. These all go in waves in my life. They fall out of favor, sometimes for years, and then they all come back in some format. Um, so, you know, for example, something like music. Um, I've been into music for, well, as long as I can remember. Um, changing my parents' record player was like the first thing I ever learned to do, put on the music that I liked. Mm-hmm. Then I played music and then, well, you get busy and music goes away. And then all of a sudden it comes back. Uh, cars motorcycles that kind of thing um they've been there through my entire life uh i learned how to swear from handing my dad tools to work on his cars when i was 
you know, five or six years old. Mm -hmm. uh, I've wrenched on my own cars and bikes. I've had them. Sometimes I buy a new one so I don't have to deal with it. And then sometimes I buy an old one and I'm wrenching myself. The theme is there. It's consistent throughout my life. Mm -hmm. I look at all of these things that way, um, you know, and say that there, there are waves and consistency in my life. But outside of those things, there aren't really that much stuff that I'm interested in, which is weird. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Um, the other one is, I call it, I couldn't come up with a good word for it. I call it severance or isolation. I tend to move on hard and fast from one of these waves of things that are consistent to my life to another one. So I tend to focus only on the current situation in my life. Uh, this means that I regularly cut communication with people Basically, I cut people out of my life, and I know this is a failing on my part. Um, I spent some time during this process of really thinking who from all my past did I want to reconnect with. It didn't come up with anyone, and I know this sounds really, really harsh, and um, I'm probably a psychopath because of it. <laughs> um, but you know, I it it's just the way I am. I I have an interest, and people that were interested and that we did things with in the last interest that I was in don't have any part of this interest. So I've just moved on. And to give you an idea how screwed up this is in my life, how I compartmentalized, I guess, in some ways my friendships are, um, my estranged mom is in palliative care and in the process of dying. And well, I honestly just don't care. Um, you know, if, if Stu's mom got really sick, he'd be on a plane tomorrow or today even. Um, I don't have that. I, I haven't reached out. I haven't done anything. I'm just kind of waiting for an update from my sister and that's it. I've done the same thing with friends. You know, they're, they're just not in there for me mm -hmm. at this stage in life. And I think the reason Stu was kind of challenging me on this in the show notes is that I develop weak ties with people. I moved around so much as a child that I've learned only to make weak ties. And I tend not to invest a lot of myself and my time in relationships and can easily leave them behind. Um, it's brutal. I know, but, uh, certainly one of the themes and one of the reasons that I went through this. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's really interesting to me. And the reason it's, I mean, obviously what everybody wants me to do is, is psychoanalysis on you, Justin, with, uh, all of the wonderful, um, fantastic qualifications I have for that, uh, by none. But the reason that that I'm interested in this because I, I don't think you have weak ties, um, and the reason I can I can comment is because I think we're very similar in this respect. Um, I think you have um, TJ would call it strong ties, loosely held. Um, you're essentially a forces brat. That's what you are. You're just like. Uh, me and many other forces brats that I've known. Now, a forces brat um, is, uh, for anybody who doesn't understand, if your parents are in the forces, then your life, by definition, is quite itinerant. You end up uh, moving from station to station, country to country, certainly. Um, you know, the UK forces used to be um, all over the world. So I've, I've lived in lots of countries purely because of where my dad was stationed. Um, and my father was in the Royal Air Force. My mother was in the Royal Air Force. Um, but it has all sorts of other um, implications as well, um, which you know, if you're a child, you're moving schools. And then if your parents decide that actually maybe all this moving schools is really bad for you, then you go to a boarding school. And that brings <laughs> all of its own um, sort of issues with it. Um, and then I, um, like Justin, I think, moved away from home for work. Um, probably at quite a young age. Well, I moved away from home before work, but um, I've been very itinerant and therefore I can point to circles of friends that I had in Paris. I can point to circles of friends that I have in Budapest, that I have in Prague, that I have in all sorts of different places in London. Um, most of whom are, are not really part of my life anymore. So I think, you know, this is where I say, you know, just enough. I think I'm quite similar to you in that respect, that they're kind of of a different era, a different me. Um, 
my mother always um, said to me that she felt, uh, I went to a private school, which is called a public school in the UK, just to make everybody really confused. Um, and I was a boarder and my mother found that really, really difficult that I wasn't living with her. She, she really, I think in her heart of hearts, did not want that to happen, but felt that it was the best opportunity for me educationally. Um, and what she, she said that I took out of, of uh, private school was that I became a chameleon and that I'm equally comfortable um, in a dive bar with a bunch of bikers um, or on a conference stage with a bunch of bankers. Um, I have the ability to sort of to meld with with the circle and, and the social circle that, that I'm in. And that can be really positive. It can be really negative as well. Uh, falling in with a bad crowd. I mean, that's sort of thing that mothers always say, I suppose. Um, and, I do, you know, it, it could be that Justin and I are both psychopaths and we've just accidentally found each other. But I think it's also, it's part of the sort of, um, you know, the more modern life where there is a lot more mobility geographically. I mean, um, you live thousands of miles from where you were born, don't you? Yeah. Um, you're not sur surrounded in sort of extended family, um, you know, what extended family there is. I mean, I've got extended family closer to you than I have to me, I think. I've got you know, Uncle Danny, but then again, it's Canada. So he's in Yellowknife, which is probably about 17 hours drive from you or something ridiculous. Probably even further than that, Stu. <laughs> it's, it's just the way the, the, the world has become now. And I, I, in many ways, I envy my wife who, you know, comes from Italian stock. And, you know, there's a part of London that if you throw a blanket down, then, then you'll cover about six houses that actually belong to the family. Um, so it's, I, I think it's a thing of, of modern life that we have these ties that are, I'm not saying easily made, but um, that that have a kind of time element to them. And perhaps it's just a realistic um, approach to how how life works these days. I mean, I don't know. I'm As people may gather, I'm sort of thinking out loud. I have certain friends who have survived, you know, those various eras and it's still part of my life, but not many. So I keep in touch with, uh, with one person in Hungary. There's probably a few others that, you know, you know, if we bumped into each other, it'd be great. Um, but we don't really make much of an effort to keep in touch. There's probably one in Prague. Um, there is one from Prague who is no longer in Prague, but you know, very much still part of my life. Um, Bristol, who do I keep in touch with from Bristol, which is where I went to school, um, where I was born. Um, no one. I have family, um, but I don't keep in touch with them. Uh, you know, not, not in a negative way or, um, I'm not on social media really. Um, and I don't think there's ever been a day when we've picked up the phone to speak to each other. I speak to my mother's brother and sister occasionally, generally about my mother. Um, I still speak to my mother, but you know, I don't have relationships. I've got hundreds of cousins. I mean, if you go up to Scotland, there were thousands of them. Um, and there's only one or two that uh, I would probably be able to pick out of a lineup lineup and, you know, likewise them of me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't any more than you, I think just, I don't sort of feel any obligation or desire to, um, you know, kindle those relationships. I have thoughts about it sometimes. I think, oh, wouldn't it be great to get on with all those cousins and, you know, maybe I should go to Scotland. And, and then I'm like, wow, you know, it's, it's a huge investment to go to Scotland in terms of time, in terms of money. And then after a few days, I'm going to get back on an airplane. I'm going to disappear and, you know, things will, will move on. I think lots of people now have relationships where it's, you know, weddings and funerals only pretty much. Mm -hmm. See, I, I live with my wife and I think Mrs. T is a lot like Mrs. L. Um, she has her best friend since high school is regularly part of our lives. Mm. So I look at this and say that I, I am different than what I see as the average. Mm. My wife talks to her family several times a week, like 
on a phone or on FaceTime. And um, I send my, my sister a text message uh, once or twice a week just to check in and see how she's doing. It's, I, I know it's different, but oh, I just, I'm not great at this whole interpersonal maintaining relationships things. Um, I, I have a lot of friends, but they're weak ties. You know, they're people that if I need something from, I could call on them. But uh, once I would move on from here or, you know, change what I'm doing, those, those would change. And I, I certainly, maybe it's because I've got that in my mind, but, you know, as you said, from being a, an army brat or whatever your term was. Mm. Yes. Uh, I moved around a lot. I moved countries. I moved, uh, well, Canada back and forth and us and back to England. And I, I was moving around every two to three years, changing schools. You just didn't bother making close friends. Yeah. And I don't have the close friends that you do, which is, which is interesting, uh, that we are both very similar in that. So anyway, enough psychoanalyzing me. <laughs> no, not you. I, was, I, I think I've been analyzing me predominantly. I mean, I, I, one thing I often find myself in conversation with, um, with the current Mrs. Lennon is, uh, friends and what a friend is and what it means to be a friend. We can maybe do an episode on it, but, um, she sometimes gets very disappointed in her friends and, uh, you know, why this and why that. And I'm, I, I just look at her puzzled because I don't have expectations of my friends, uh, in the same way as she does. Um, and I also acknowledge, I think, as you do, that there are friends and there are friends. <laughs> so, um, the, the Italians have a, have a term for it called, uh, amici del bar, which means friends of the bar. And those are the people that, you know, if you go down to, I don't know, the dog and duck in, in the middle of uh, your, your little town in, or your nearest town in, in Canada, there's 10 people that know your name. It's all very cheers like, hi, yeah, hey, Justin, how you doing? Hey, you want to be a bum bum? You have a chat, you'll talk. Um, maybe, maybe every now and again, somebody will drink too much and they'll talk too much. And, but it's all, you know, it's all good fun. And, it, you know, no, nothing major happens out of it all. And if one of those people disappears off the, the face of the earth, you, you know, the rest of you don't really notice. You, you're just friends of the bar. You, you're a passing acquaintance. You, you, know, you get on, you are pleasant, you enjoy company. You, you feel fine about them. But as you say, those are very weak ties. And then I would say, I would argue that there are maybe, you know, I think if you're lucky, maybe five people in your life, um, and I mean throughout your whole life, who will be around for longer than that, who will mean more than that. Um, maybe it's more than that, I don't know, but I, I suspect it isn't. I suspect it's a really low number. And those are people that stick with you um, and you stick with them for reasons you probably don't understand or you don't have to think about. But certainly I think for me, I've got, uh, you know, three people maybe I would I would say, okay, um, you know, they they lost their partner or some some tragedy befell them, I would get on a plane and I would go and help. That's about it, I think. I think three. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it's I, it's interesting. If I think at our age, inevitably you think about these things. <laughs> it's a, it's our it's our midlife crisis, or maybe it's a third life crisis because Elon Musk is going to help us live forever, um, and perhaps we can all just you know um, be friends by by Apple Vision Pro. That's that's the way to do it. Mm, probably, yeah. It is something that. Uh... Obviously, we do think about because it's one of my consistent themes. Sure. The other theme that I want to talk about is materiality. Now, I'm a boy that likes toys. In case anybody has not listened to this podcast for long enough and doesn't know that I like stuff. Um, but surprisingly, I don't care about novelty and eye candy anymore. I mean, Stu and I were joking at the, at the top of the show about the Apple Vision Pro. Um. But I'm like that with so many of the things in my life now. I, I still like things. So I'm not completely, you know, giving everything away and becoming a monk again. Uh, but function plays a much bigger role in my life than form. I was thinking about this the other day, Stu, was uh, buying a new fancy Pelican fountain pen. Mm -hmm. Nah. 
I'm ordering parts to rebuild my snowblower. And that's exciting to me. <laughs> this is a huge change for me, Stu. It's not a change at all, Justin. Stop fooling yourself. It's a novelty. It's always been the novelty. It's not the value. It's the um, it's the new toy. It's the truck. It's the, 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 I mean, you went from what I would consider a massive truck to a truck that's 15 times the size and is a, is a hazard to traffic. Um, you know, snowblowers and uh, irrigation systems, that's just appealing to the, the inner Twyford engineer who's just like, oh, wow, look at that. This is great. It's fantastic. And then, you know, you get this stuff for the snowblower and then loathe actually using it. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. It's, it's actually just that uh, my snowblower's showing its age. And I miss, <laughs> oh, uh, absolutely. I'm sure you need a brand new, huge one with go faster stripes and big buttons. It'd be no, great. I, I looked into it and realized I can actually fix a few parts on this. So anyway, uh -huh. but you know, it was a choice of what I spent last week. Sure. Fountain pen? or parts for a snowblower that hopefully I don't have to use for the rest of the year. But yeah, it's just such a weird change in, in how I am. Um, mm. and, and that's just one example, but it, it has really hit me when I'm, I'm out shopping. I can't be bothered to shop for this or that, or sure. things that used to bring me passion. I, and part of that may be lucky because there's no Apple store near me. There's no, uh, pen store near me. There's no model shop, a good one near me. Uh, so I'm really kind of limited in what I can, can spend money on. Sure. Uh, Amazon is great. I can spend money on anything, but I really don't have the passion for buying collections and things and having those, those toys. Mm -hmm. It's about function. Sure. I, and it's, you know, I'd really not I'd prefer not to have to buy anything for my snowblower, to be brutally honest. I prefer not to have a snowblower and not to have snow. <laughs> All right. So those are my themes. How did those relate to my intention? Uh, so, so uh, the questions allowed me to delve deeper into the thoughts and actions that I've had, at least understand to be mm -hmm. comfortable with these areas. The other pages didn't really add anything of use. You know, there were some that were, just exercises understanding the three themes that i kind of managed to pull out of this allowed me to narrow down the areas of questions about direction i think it's going to at least put some clarity to the continued work in progress the big question though Stu, that i know you're going to ask would i recommend this book and process to others that's a tough question to answer I'm going to say a cautious yes. I don't think this book will offer any breakthroughs in your life. Uh, it may indicate themes like I got that you can examine and come to a closer understanding of yourself. But it's going to take a lot of time and investment to do it properly. Uh, and you're going to need some time to look back at these, pull out the strings to unravel the themes. So it comes to a time cost reward. I would say that based on that, only if you feel there are things you need to resolve in your life, there are themes that you want to uncover and understand. For me, my conclusion, process really confirmed things that I already suspected or knew about myself. And I didn't really get anything new from it, but I got an ability to look at the things and accept them. Maybe that's worth the journey. Hmm. Sure. Well, I mean, it's worked for me. I've I've managed to find one. Um, eventually, first of all, I found lots, 40 days and 40 nights. What a title. Um, as you said, there's there's people trying to uh, give me the, the lessons of Jesus, the, the lessons of Buddha, all sorts of stuff. But eventually I found the right one, I thought, by Audrey Artis. And then you went, no, no, it's not her. Oh, right, okay. So I looked again, and I did find the right one um, in in hardback only, I think was the only thing I could find that it was like, um, 17 pounds or something, um, on Amazon UK. I couldn't find it on any of the European Amazons. Um, so eventually I found an ex library copy on Amazon for four pounds, um, which I thought was a fantastic deal. Uh, but then it's eight pounds to get it delivered. So I have ordered that. Oof. It's on its way, weighing down some poor TNT aircraft as we speak, probably. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll have a little go at it and uh, and see what I think. 
yeah, as I say, it's, uh, you know, my expectations were probably, I was looking for that huge aha moment that's going to change my life based on the intention that I set. Didn't get it, but the journey for me, I was worth it, I think, hmm. overall. Okay. Um, and that's my takeaway from it. For me, sure, it was worth it. Stu. All right. Lots of me talking this episode. Ugh, I'm going to have to edit. Yes. <laughs> well, I think the thing to take away for me is that um, even old dogs like us can probably get some benefit from just examining these things and having a, you know, a third party or a book, <laughs> you know, prompting different questions. Not all of them are going to work. We're probably beyond uh, huge revelations and discoveries. All dog new tricks. Yeah, but as you say, uh, it doesn't hurt to look at these things and and some some new perspectives are always useful. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to giving it a go, but not expecting anything life changing. There we go. That's my takeaway. Mm. Where can people find you on the internet this week? Uh, they'll struggle really. Um, if you want to uh, talk to me, if you want to speak to me, then um, just send me an email. Hello at stuartlennon.com. Uh, or you can find out what I'm talking about uh, on my website, stuartlennon.com. Uh, there's no comments there because I really can't put aside the time to manage the spam. Uh, you won't find me on any social media anymore. Um, <laughs> I was just finding it all. I, I went away from social media and then I allowed myself to come back. And uh, I just had a little look at myself last week and went, what am I taking from this? Nothing. Um, it was just getting more and more angry. Uh, so I'm not on X anymore. The the businesses are, so you can find me, uh, you know, around Lime Consulting or Nero's Notes. You'll find me on certain social medias, but I'm largely using, a, a, you know, an app to publish to those things. I'm not actively engaged uh, because ugh, social media, I, th I think maybe it's just all too difficult for me now. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Oh, you can find me, justintwyford.com. That's got links to everything that I do. Uh, there'll be a video coming out by the time you hear this uh, on my last weekend away, just showing you what it's like in the backwoods of Western Canada. Cool. Uh, if you have comments or thoughts, uh, please drop us a line, stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. Our next topic, what is Stu doing with task managers? He's mentioned that he was trying different ones, so I want to find out what he's doing. There's a reason for this. We'll talk about it next week. 12-hour <laughs> episode. <laughs> like this one. Until then, <laughs> goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.